0: I mean, that's the desire for us as parents and as spiritual mothers and fathers, um, that we want to see those who are coming after us take things further than we ever did. Right. And so we need yeah. to encourage them to do that. But also as spiritual sons and daughters, we're looking to, looking back to those that have come before us. Um, our tendency can just be ignore them and ignore their wisdom. That'd be foolish. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me Lord, I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome yours. to the gospel Center Pro-Life Life Podcast, a I podcast designed yours. to equip, yours, encourage, and challenge you in pro-life ministry, Lord. and always with a focus on the gospel. Lord. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome back to the Gospel Centered Pro Life podcast. Appreciate you guys listening to us and um, just introduce ourselves real quick. My name is Daniel Parks. I serve as the West Coast Regional Shepherd for Love Life, I oversee all of our efforts from the Rockies West and also oversee the sidewalk ministry nationally, and I'm joined, as always, by Vicki Casiorg. Introduce yourself real quick, Vicki.
1: Hey, everyone. I am also here in Charlotte uh, on the sidewalk as a sidewalk outreach team member, and I help to train people nationally to do what we do on the sidewalk, and it's so good to be here with all of you, and I hope that this is um, a a podcast that will bless you as much as it did me as I was researching it.
0: Yeah, 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 you dug into this a lot. Mm-hmm. I was actually, um, the foundation for this podcast episode, and we'll introduce a subject here in just a second, was I was visiting one of the cities that I oversee and encountered a guy who had been doing sidewalk ministry um, and other pro-life stuff for 40 plus years. Wow. And uh, it was just in my heart, I was like, man, th- that's a long time. And, you know, honestly, this guy, maybe his tactics aren't exactly our mm-hmm. tactics. hmm and the way he's gone about things are not exactly the way I would have gone about things, you know, as far as reaching out to churches and all the different things. None of it sinful or anything like that, just different tactics. Um, and yet still it welled up in my heart. I was like, man, I want to I honor this guy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I did verbally just honored him. And I thought like, man, we need to have an attitude of honor toward these these guys, yeah. men and women that have been serving the Lord in this capacity for so long. Um, our tendency can be, and, and the subject of this is honoring those who've gone before us, Right. our tendency can be to uh, almost kind of like write off mm-hmm. people who've maybe been doing it for a long time, but have been doing it different than us. They they employed tactics that we maybe don't agree with or didn't think were effective or, or whatever. But at the end of the day, I believe if we honor those that came before us, God will honor us. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I saw right away when I first, um, when Love Life first started, I was not a part of Love Life. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I saw is that they honored Justin, who founded Love Life, honored um, people like myself who'd Mm -hmm. been in Charlotte doing this ministry for longer Mm -hmm. than Love Life had. And uh, people like Flip, Mm -hmm. um, the pregnancy centers that have been doing ministry for Life Ministry here in Charlotte for a long time. And then nationally, they just honored people. Yeah. Uh, that have been doing the ministry, been in the battle for a while. Yeah, and so I know we we need to be intentional about it because yeah, again, our tendency do. could be just to kind of like, well, they're not doing what we're doing, so therefore we don't need to honor them. And uh, I think we do.
1: Yeah, I think we do, including the the Catholic pro life groups, which clearly yeah. we we would disagree theologically, but man, they've they've got the pro life work down. I mean, they they yeah, we really do, they do need to honor. What others have done. And I, I definitely was guilty and am guilty. Um, I think less so now, but of, of thinking, well, they're just, they're dinosaurs. They, yeah. you know, that, that's not what we do anymore. And, right. and so they, you know, yeah, kind of just dismiss them instead of um, really being very respectful and, and really grateful truly grateful that we wouldn't be where we are able to do what we do um, now if they had not paved the way yeah and I and think that we, is the reality it is it is and I I discovered I guess I didn't know a whole lot maybe you other people do know more about um, the the pro-life movement early on when yeah. Roe v Wade was first handed down I knew that there were extremists because that was what the media tended to you know, <laughs> uh, talk about, yeah. um, that I knew that there, there was violence and that was just so off the table for me that it made me very resistant to sure. wanting to be a part of the whole pro-life movement. But that really was just a minority, right. um, a, 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 fringe, crazy group, extreme group. Um, and, and so as I learned about what those early pro-life, pro-life groups did, I just became more. Impressed yeah. by their fearless defense of the unborn and of following God, um, in the only way that they knew to do. Yeah. So one of those early groups, Operation Rescue.
0: Yeah, yeah, which ultimately became uh, Operation Save America and Flip Benham, who's here in Charlotte. Right was uh, instrumental in the very beginning of Operation Rescue and Operation Save America. He was the director of Operation Save America for, I don't know, 20-plus years, I believe. And, uh, yeah, Operation Rescue kind of had its foundation in what was called the rescue movement. Right. Where essentially, and this was in the, I would say, late 80s, early to Mm mid-90s, I believe about ninety six Seven or eight or so, mm-hmm. when the FACE Act was uh, was enacted, mm-hmm. it kind of dwindled out. Um, but the rescue movement was essentially get a large group of people to peacefully go to the abortion center and what they would call interpose, mm-hmm. or um, you know, peacefully not protest, but like physically obstruct. Yeah entrance into the abortion center so they would get 100 200 300 people i guess i don't know what the numbers got up to Mm -hmm. to um sit in front of the abortion center door and refuse to move and the police would have to drag them off now so uh,
1: women women couldn't get in they they, it literally did stop abortions because women just couldn't get past all these bodies lying in front of the abortion center
0: yeah and you know like, it, certainly there were babies that were saved, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But I think more than anything, it brought awareness yes. to the issue of abortion. Yeah, And it brought, like uh, one of the leaders, Randall Terry, said, if abortion is murder, we need to act like it. Yeah, And what he meant by that was we need to be willing to physically lay our lives down yeah. to help protect these unborn children. Now, again, are there extremists? Were there extremists then? Yes, there's extremists on every side of everything. Right. There's always going to be people that take things to the extreme. But they were really not like if you've met some of these people, I've met many of them across the nation that were involved in Operation Rescue. They are people that love Jesus Mm -hmm. and that love people that were doing the best they could with the information that they had. They felt like this was the time for them to do this, for them to interpose physically. and, And they did it. And I believe God used it to raise awareness. I believe yeah. that really we wouldn't be sitting here, Vicki. Right. And we wouldn't be involved in speaking on behalf of these unborn babies. Again, we're not doing this. It's not what God has called us to. I don't believe this is the season for this particular type of intervention. Mm-hmm. But we wouldn't be doing this, I believe, if these guys had mm-hmm. not done this. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that the church at large... The evangelical church would be awakened in the way that, he, that that she has been if it wasn't for these people doing what they what they did.
1: Yeah. So I, it totally that I, I believe that's true. And, and as I examined the history uh, back right before uh, Roe v. Wade was handed down, um, ultrasound technology um, wasn't it was so basic and and it, it there really wasn't a great awareness of what was happening inside the womb yeah. and and so abortion was allowed until quickening when the baby's movements could be felt yeah because at that point people could not deny okay there's something living in there but they felt like it was kind of just a blob of of tissue they didn't know much about it um prior to that time and so that would be like 4 to 5 months when when quickening happens when the baby starts being felt but as um as the medical understanding ultrasound t- technology improved medical understanding improved and um and that's when states began to outlaw or or regulate abortion and women rights advocates then cry out against that as a loss of civil rights, women can never advance if if they are forced to carry um, a baby for nine months. It rose to a national level, and that's when Roe v. Wade yeah Ro, Roe v. Wade is is handed down. And so early on, the the pro life groups were all Catholic. The evangelical church was really not in this movement at all, and it was very small. Yeah, it exploded though when the evangelicals joined. The fight, yeah, and the the fight to end, and just what you said, it was when these groups did these peaceful resistance of laying down, um, rescuing in the rescue movement. That's when large numbers of people began to understand and really question uh, the moral crisis that yeah. we were facing with abortion. Yeah, and um, and that it that is what then raised the the argument to an even greater. Intensified level, yeah. Um, So you know, it was it was then those those that small group of extremists that kind of gave a bad name to the pro life movement. Sure, that's how it almost
0: always is, right?
1: Exactly, but it it was those rescue attempts that brought national attention to. To the whole abortion question.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really awakened the church Mm -hmm. to the reality that was happening on our watch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll say again, just knowing some of these people that were involved in the rescue movement, watching some of the videos, listening to some of the messages that the the theme of that movement was repentance. It wasn't just you need to repent out there, but we are doing what we're doing as an act of repentance to show God that we're sorry for being apathetic mm-hmm. about the slaughter of the innocent. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing this as an act of repentance mm-hmm. in hopes, in hopes that God will turn his heart back toward our nation and hopes yeah. that the church at large will turn its heart toward the Lord. And I believe that because of this, there was absolutely a shift. Yeah, As a matter of fact, um, a lot of pregnancy centers have their roots in the rescue movement. Now many of them have distanced themselves from anything that has to do with reaching out at abortion centers or whatever right. because they don't want the repercussions that could come from it because of the FACE Act and threats of, you know, being sued and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the pregnancy centers across the nation were established by people who were involved in the rescue movement. They were taking it a step beyond mm-hmm. because they did learn, you know, a couple of years into this thing that just doing the rescues was not going to save the amount of babies that that needed to be saved. Right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, mm-hmm. this the Roe v Wade has to be overturned, and um, God needs to pour His Spirit out on our nation. The church needs to repent, and abortion needs to be abolished. That was ultimately the goal. But there are people who realize, in, until abortion is completely abolished, we need to do things that will help these moms. That are considering abortions and help to turn them away. And so then you have, you know, pregnancy centers that were established. You have sidewalk ministries that were established. I mean, I've talked to people, there's a lady up in Washington State by the name of Beth Davis mm. who's been out there on the sidewalks. She's eighty two or three or something right mm. now. And she's been out on the sidewalks for like forty years. Wow. Doing ministry. And I'm telling you, you, you've met people probably that have been in this fight for a long time and some of them are pretty jaded and, yeah. you know, they're, they're battle worn and they're yeah. bitter at the church because the church yeah. isn't doing what she needs to do and all yeah. of this. Yeah. This lady is just she loves Jesus and she loves people and she's she has a glow about her. Yeah. I've met people like that again across the nation, people that have been involved in this battle that are not jaded <laughs> yeah. um, because they keep they've kept their focus yeah but this is about I, god
1: that's a really important point because i think all of us that can happen any of us that are that are in this um this kind of a ministry where we just see so much evil day after day and it, it can taint um your heart <laughs> yeah. towards um you know i mean all uh, man is fallen humankind is fallen and and we need the lord but but I think you're right that the people that are in it for the long haul do it out of the right reasons because they love the Lord, yeah, and and turn to, you know, they're they're trying to serve Him in this. One of the things that um, that some of those early pro life people did that maybe we tend to kind of steer away from besides blocking we can't any longer we'll be put in jail and we we you know what i always say is i i don't feel i'm called to jail ministry i feel i'm called to be in front of the abortion center (laughs) of
0: course again the reality is god used that for a season yeah and many of these um people who were involved in the rescue movement will tell you i was actually on the phone with a guy Um, who'd been involved in this, in the rescue movement for many years, an older guy. And he was sharing with me, you know, we did what we did in that time because it was, it was for that time. Yeah. But to try to do that now is just not fitting. It's like God's doing something different.
1: Yeah. Now I will say though, I, there, there's one that I've interacted very recently with who is someone who's been in this for decades and, um, and. A car, she was ministering on the sidewalk with us. She's not with us. She's not a part of Love Life, but yeah. she just happened to be there. And um, and a car was pulling out of the driveway and stopped for me, rolled down its window. And we're not allowed to step on the driveway. I have been formally warned. I knew I would be ticketed. I know they're watching me with vulture eyes, Yeah. the pro-abortion crowd. And if I step on that um, driveway, I'm sure I'm being filmed and I am sure I'm going to get ticketed and cited. I knew that. And I knew that the car car was 10 inches from me i knew it would pull forward a little bit and but this person shouted at me just go to the car and i and i i just to the you know other side of my mouth i can't i'll i'll be ticketed and she said a baby's life is on the line that, to me, is, is the practical example of what happens sometimes, old-timers yeah. meeting new-timers, Yeah, um, is that there was an, a, a way that, that they did it. I didn't disagree with what she was saying, but I knew that car's going to move forward, yeah. the window's open, and in three seconds, I can still work within the confines of the law and hand this woman the literature and speak to her. And um and I won't go to jail or be fined a lot of yeah. money and the baby's life may just be as likely to be saved. Yeah. Um, and so I did. Um I, I waited for the car, everything happened just as I thought. In fact I think they had even chosen life. Yeah. Um uh, but you know, I could have and I think there was in my heart this anger. Yeah. This anger at her, like, who are you right. to come and tell me what to do, that I should go to jail? You could step over
0: Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> she didn't. But um, that was before I wrote this article. Yeah. And I—and now I'm kind of feeling a little bit differently. Yeah. Like, yeah. I should have stepped back and more gently and kindly thanked her for all that she has done in the past and, and told her, you know, that... This is why we do what we do right now. But I am so grateful for um, your zeal and desire to to save babies' lives and all you have done for so long before I ever came on the scene. Yeah, that would have been the the proper response.
0: Yeah, and and I appreciate you bringing up that example because that's just exactly Exactly. what I had in mind and thinking about this particular episode. Um, Because it 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 goes both ways, right? So those who have come before us uh, need to recognize that things are different. Again, many of them do. Like the things that you know, legally are in place now or not in place then, there's, so there's some changes. Um, people are different as far as the way that you interact with people yeah. can, can be a little different, right? Yeah. And so if you're an older person, you've been doing this thing for a long time, you're wondering why the younger people aren't doing it like you do it. Maybe that because they've picked up on something that's different that can be more effective. Yeah. In the same way, if, you know, you're younger and you think, you know, some older people are suggesting that you make changes, you do this and do that based on their experience, you need to be wise enough to listen to them too. So, yeah. it, you know, it goes both ways. We need sure. to honor those that came before us, and we need if we've been in this and I've been in it for a little while, need to honor those who are coming after us and and watch them thrive. You know, the the picture is you know, and I've seen this again with some of the older people that have been in this battle for a long time. The tendency can be, you know, on the battlefield, right? And everybody's battling, and we're you know fighting the same enemy. We did a podcast episode about fighting the same enemy. Mm-hmm. We're fighting the same enemy, and us older folks that have been in this for a long time, you know, we're we're going down. Like we we put in our time, and um, we're our bodies are laying on the battlefield, and we're right. we're encouraging and charging the young people you go take the ground now right we're we've done our battle you take the ground and sometimes our tendency is they're running past us to go take ground is to grab their ankles and say you're not doing it like we did Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that can be a hindrance from them doing what god's called them to do and and Mm -hmm. take it further i mean that's the desire for us as parents and as spiritual mothers and fathers um that we want to see those who are coming after us take things further than we ever did. Right. And so we need yeah. to encourage them to do that. But also as spiritual sons and daughters, we're looking to, looking back to those that have come before us. Um, our tendency can just to be ignore them and ignore their wisdom. That'd be foolish right. to not listen to the wisdom of people that have come long before us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh you know, and and in my eleven years out there, that feels like a long time. It was nothing compared to her forty probably right. that she's been out there. She was an older woman, but um but it, it is a long time and what I've learned Really is um, uh, honey catches more flies than <laughs> what's the, than the, the fly swatter. I forget what that saying is. Yeah, I don't but know. you know that I have found that the the gentle, if I can be gentle and inviting and kind, I'm more likely to get people actually to talk to me and and maybe make a choice for life. Yeah. Um, which I think is probably a very different approach than, than what, what some of the old timers, um, they were also characterized. I I thought this was interesting because it is, I think, a point of contention a little bit is they, they were the ones that brought out the, the just dozens of signs of bloody babies that were aborted to the point where now we would say this is overkill. I mean, literally, um, but it was, it's just too much. It's too much of an assault, um, and and too many people just close their eyes and turn away rather than um, are convicted and, and I think we're we're less likely to do that nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Um I think we're more strategic and careful in in the use of those signs. But it was it was something that really characterized them. It was the first time that the public for them this is true. It was the first time the public was seeing those images. Yeah. They had no idea. People had no idea what was happening to yeah. those babies. Yeah.
0: And God used that. He God did. used that to awaken yeah. so many to yeah. the reality of abortion. Yeah. Even though, like you said, it's an assault. It's an assault on the eyes. It's an assault yeah. on the conscience. Yeah. It's intended to be. Right. And God used that. Yeah. Um, but I know one of the things that we've seen, that we've observed as we're looking at ministry at the abortion centers in particular is it's just not super effective to have a bunch of victim images right there at the clinic. People don't engage with you, and if they do, they're just angry. And we want to have one-on-one conversations because we know if we can have a one-on-one conversation, we're more likely to convince that mom to choose life. And so, yeah, we're more strategic. We, we're not against victim images. We did a podcast episode about that some years ago you guys right. can listen to. And so we're not against it. I think biblically, absolutely, those, those images can be used, and we use them in some of our cities. Uh, But very strategically, we're not just trying to assault people's eyes and their conscience and, um, you know, give them so much that they just turn away. We're trying to trickle out the truth to them so that they'll actually listen. It's a different tactic. Yeah. And I'm not dishonoring the tactic of those that came before us. God definitely used it. And I think now God uses the tactic that we're employing and we're open uh, to the Lord changing and, and helping us change tactics as long as it's within a biblical biblical framework. And so I think, you know, kind of like as we're wrapping up this episode, Mm -hmm. one of the things I wanted us to come away with, I wanted you guys that are listening to come away with, is the way that we approach those that have come before us needs to be uh, with honor and humility. Mm -hmm. Even if their tactics are different than ours, even if their suggestions of the way that we do things, or, or maybe, I don't know, they rub us the wrong way. We still need to honor them, and we still need to be humble enough to listen to them. That doesn't mean we yeah. do everything that they say we should do. That doesn't mean we have to agree with everything that they do or say that we should do. But it does mean that we're we're approaching it with humility, because and
1: respect, yeah. mutual respect, yeah, sure. Because
0: we we just have this youthful pride that mm-hmm. oh, we don't need you old people to tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, God doesn't honor that. Yeah. You see it biblically I think of a a story just comes to mind I'll probably slaughter the story a little bit mm-hmm. but um Solomon's son Rehoboam I believe mm-hmm. was his name. And um the uh sons of some guy I can't remember the story.
1: Um I do remember yeah. and the elders he he he's he talks about um wanting to uh to govern yeah. properly. And he goes to the young people and to the elders, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so the, the yeah. people
0: are complaining to Rehoboam, hey, you you put too much of a heavy burden on us. Right. And we want you to relieve us of this burden. We yeah. want you to give us less hours and more pay. Maybe that's right, a <laughs> <right. Something laughs> modern like that, yeah. way to say it. <laughs> and he says, well, let me think about it. Yeah. He goes to the elders, the older folks, and they say, uh-huh. yeah, actually, you need to listen to these people because they can rise up against you and mm-hmm. cause you a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. He goes to his younger comrades, his buddies, and says, "What do you think?" They said, "You should make you should make it even more hard right. on these people, increase the burden." Yeah, and so he says something to the effect of, uh, "My little pinky is going to be bigger than my father's right arm, or something." Right. I can't remember. Right. I'm slaughtering the story, but you yeah. guys can read yeah. it in First Chronicles. <laughs> um, and yeah, he regrets that because ultimately yeah. a rebellion did rise up. He should have listened to the older folks, right. and it's kind of a warning that yeah. just because you know we're younger, and we think we're wiser and smarter. That's not always the case. Matter of fact, oftentimes it's not the case. We need to be listening to those that came before us. Yeah. And, and and taking in their wisdom and yeah. taking it seriously.
1: Yeah, that's a, a great story to a great to story kind of that close. I halfway told. Well, uh, it's a good story. Yeah, that, it is. And and I, I enjoyed the fact that I knew what you were talking about right cool. from the beginning. Cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: So um just to wrap up this episode, um, do want to encourage you guys. To approach this this subject with hu- humility, honor, respect, and you've got a scripture here that I'm going to read. It's Ephesians 6, 6:14. Mm-hmm. It says, Th- uh, "Stand therefore, having fastened on on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having the readiness given by the gospel of peace." Yeah. Um, you know, ultimately, what we do. This is how we can stay humble. Mm-hmm. Be in humility for those that have come before us and those and who are coming after
1: peace, us. Promote peace. I loved yeah. that last word. It's yeah. given by the gospel of peace. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, is to remember that this battle is not ours. This ministry is not ours. Right. It's the ministry of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we're here not to advance love life or any other agenda. We're here to advance the gospel. And if those that have came before us have that focus, and and many of them do. Yeah. And if we have that focus, then we're fighting the same battle. Yeah, And know. so we can be humble and we mm-hmm. can honor them for their sacrifices. Yeah. So we want to encourage you guys. You can reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. You reach her, Vicky with a Y at lovelife.org. I want to encourage you guys to reach out to us and let us know what you think of this episode, maybe some suggestions for future episodes. Also, take advantage of our podcast website, gospelcenteredprolife.com, where all of our episodes live and also check out our training and equipping website where all the articles that we use as a framework for our episodes are you can go to sidewalks4life.com to take advantage of that Uh, but until next time God bless
1: God bless you all Give me an
0: outlet for love Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it me my life nothing's too precious since I met you